Lindsay, don't ever ask me if you have to sing another, if you have to sing another song, please. Thank you, guys. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Sitting there, and, and uh, Rob just gave me confirmation, and the rest of it just took, took right in place, but a closer walk with thee. And, and all morning, I've had this verse on my heart, because it's a part of the, the message I'm going to preach this morning, but Matthew 6 and 6, it, it pretty much, to sum it up, we're going to read it, but to sum it up, it just says, uh, uh, what you do in private, he'll reward publicly. Yeah, what you reward, what you do in private, he'll reward publicly, not the other way around. What you do in private, if you prayed before you came here this morning, this is the result of those prayers right here. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, we are so about self and so about ego and, and what other people think and what other people see. But the reality is God wants to know what we are when we're alone with him. And uh, that's my desire is to have a closer walk with him. And I'm thankful this morning that I have that through his grace. Uh, we appreciate it. That's what we're doing. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6. I gotta be honest. I'm ready to preach, but I feel like someone's gotta stand up and say something. Uh, this is your opportunity. Uh, if you got a word for the Lord, I'm giving you a chance right now to stand up for Him. I believe God's got something. I mean, I'm ready to preach, but hey, you gotta do what's in order for the Holy Spirit, and I've gotta do what's in order for the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, we were here till 1230 last week, didn't even realize it, and that's okay with me. If I preach a half an hour, I'm ready to go home at 1130, and if I preach till 1230, I'm ready to go home at 12.30. But I just want to do what the Holy Spirit leads us to do. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, one verse. If every heart's free and clear, you go home with a whoop and that's fine. It says this. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which, look at this. Seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Bless you. Yeah. Bless you, Cal. No, it's all right. You go right ahead. This morning we let our dog out, and I mean we love our dog Ruby. She she's a firecracker, but she she slipped off her leash and she ran away this morning, and we were all worried about her. And usually whenever I mean this isn't the first time it's happened, but usually when it happens. You know, I'm scared to death for her. I'm worried that she got hit by our car or, you know, she's tearing up something, something that we can't get a hold of. But uh, whenever I went out this morning to look for her, the first thought that I had in my mind was, I'm going to miss church this morning. And I'm, I'm just thankful for the desire that God's put in my heart to yeah. the house this morning. I'm thankful for the grace yeah. of God, the, the mercy of God, the desire that he's put in my heart to be here. And, uh, I mean, shortly after I had that thought, she ran around the house and she ran right back into the house and... I'm just thankful to be here this morning. Bless you, Cal. Amen. I'm thankful to be here this morning, too. I was thinking, so I was singing that song with Lindsay, how God has been so faithful, and how right. we not praise Him for how faithful that He has been. Um, I just, I know that, I don't know, I hope tomorrow, but I do know that God is going to be with me, yeah. and I'm just thankful for His faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's good. All right, let's pray. Dear Father, we just come to you. Uh, let our words be few. You know our hearts. Uh, as Cal said, you know our desire, and we thank you for that. Uh, we want you to do a work this morning, Father. We we prayed in preparation in private. And, Father, we don't care if anybody knows that. But as long as you know it, I believe you'll reward it publicly. Uh, meet the need of the hour, Father. That soul which is closest to hell, rededicate the backslidden, Father. Encourage the discouraged. 
and we'll give you glory for it all in your son's precious name we pray and amen man i'm fired up <laughs> i am i'm fired up that's good uh i gotta i sit there and I, some preachers got different things but i just got a heel that just clicks and and i i know when it's ready to preach and <laughs> I don't even know when the heart's ready, but my, my heel says, Brad, you're ready to preach. But God's been dealing with me all week. God's been dealing with me all week. And be honest, be honest, beyond that, he's been dealing with me in the intimacy I have with him in my life. And I want you to write that down, intimacy. That word is utmost importance to what I'm going to be preaching on this morning. Because uh, he just said this, and I'll, and I'll be candid with you because I believe the Holy Spirit's telling me to be candid with you. He said, Brad, you've got all this superficial fellowship jargon and everybody on the outside side sees what it is, but I don't care a bit about that. I'm looking for genuine intimacy. And that's what he says. I don't care what people think. I, uh, what we have together is what we have in our alone time together. And that to me is exactly what intimacy means. Because I don't know about you, but what does intimacy mean to you? I'm going to be honest. Uh, two words came to me and, and I want you to get your head out of the gutter when I'm talking about it. But when I think of intimacy, I think of two words. Bedroom behavior. And you say, you may chuckle, and I'm not thinking what you're thinking, but when, when during the day we've got a family to raise and we've got work to go to, but I'm telling you, the best times me and my wife have are after the kids go to bed and, and we can talk to one another and, and we can sit in bed with one another and, and we can watch the TV to one another. And better than that, we can pray together, but we can take our time. But I'm telling you, stuff that occurs only behind those closed doors. You think our relationship is what it is by what you see you don't have a clue our relationship is built in those times when we're alone my wife wears a perfume and i'm telling you two dots on the wrist and a couple behind the ears and i'm telling you i can walk into the room and say i know my wife is here we can be in a crowded place hundreds of people and my wife can speak and i say i know my wife's voice because we've been intimate we know what it means to know each other in the in the deepest places. And I'm telling you, I can walk into the house of God and feel his presence and say, my gosh, I know this. He's here. I know this is different than just a, a meeting, just a church service, because that's the it's you know, it's those parts that we don't often talk about. We don't brag about. But it's those dark places, which you will say that are lit only by candlelight, that bedroom behavior. And I want you to understand what I mean. We don't have any of that spiritually. God's been dealing with me. He said, Brad, you're doing everything with everyone else. But I'm looking for some intimacy, a little bit of your time with just me and you. And this verse came to my heart. He says, what you do in private, what you do in behind closed doors with me, that is what I'm looking for. That is what I see. And that is what I reward in open. I think so often our relationships are kind of like the relationships we had in middle school. Remember, when, if you can remember back in the middle school, you know, I, I would have girlfriends simply because my friend would talk to their friend, and the word was that we needed a date. I didn't talk to them. They, they thought it was a good idea. They thought maybe I'd, make it more, I'd be more popular if I dated her, or he dated her, or she dated him, and word would get back, and, and just because a friend of a friend of a friend said we should date, next thing you know, we're sitting next to each other in, in the cafeteria. Uh, we're sitting next to each other at the football game. We might occasionally hold hands. We dare not kiss. We didn't know each other. And God says that, Brad, that's what you have. No genuine intimacy. And yet we'd say, I love you. You know? 
We don't have the faintest clue what it means. I'm telling you, folks, if if we want to continue in the spirit that we've been having in the services, I'm telling you, it's not on me. It is not. I'm going to do my part. But I'm telling you, what we're seeing here is because someone, and I can't tell you, only you know, but someone's been praying before we got here. Someone's been sending time, spending time with the Lord on their own. But what has happened, we've been so watered down by superficial fellowship that we say all the intimate places are within the house of God. I love this sanctuary. I love what we do here. But I'm telling you, God is looking for people that are going to do in secret. They're going to spend time with him privately in that closet with the doors shut. And he'll see it. And I'm telling you, he will reward. But Mark 14 and 44 talks about Talks about uh, Judas. And, and in fact, when they're going to arrest Jesus, he says this as a token. He says, uh, whomsoever I shall kiss, that's the one, the same as he, take him and lead him away safely. He said, I'm going to kiss him. And it's going to look like we're best friends. It's going to look like we're intimate. But it's all on the outside. It's all what everybody else thinks. But I'm telling you, Jesus uh, took the kiss. Yes. And he knew good and well what was in the heart. And I can tell you today, God knows what's in my heart. He sees what it looks like on the outside. He sees what everyone else might think. But he's looking for some bedroom behavior. He's looking for some things that will happen just without, with no one else. Because I'm telling you, we will not know the true character of God, the true love of God in public, this relationship has to be built in places that no one else is allowed to go. I'm telling you, that's how personal he wants to be with you. Corporate religion cannot produce bedroom behavior. Just as a sheet of a paper and a judge in a courtroom cannot produce a healthy marriage. We know that. It takes intimacy. And God's been dealing with me with that. Brad, I want you to start doing as much in secret as you do in public. Because you want me to reward publicly for what you do in public, but that's not what I'm after. I want you to do it if nobody's looking. Turn with me to Ruth chapter 3. Now we know in the story of Ruth and Boaz, we know it. In chapter 2, we find Ruth hungry and gleaning, gleaning off of the, the fields of Boaz. Now, we first uh, account gleaning in Leviticus 19 and 9, where what they would do is whenever they would reap the harvest, whenever they would uh, take up the crop, whatever fell out, whatever was not gathered, was not allowed to be picked up. Those scraps, just the stuff that fell out, just the leftovers would be left there. And that which was a foreigner, that which might be poor, that which might be a stranger, that which might be a widow was allowed to come in and take the gleanings. And that's what they they find Ruth, this this woman, and Boaz noticed her and he, he said, let her glean, let her stay there. And we see also that it was actually a part of Levitical law that when you did reap a harvest that you would leave the corners unharvested. That way those could be left as well, that you would give that portion back to God in which he would supply for those that were in need. But Naomi knew different. She says this in verse 1 of chapter 3, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? Naomi knew that Ruth was not meant just to glean off of Boaz's fields. There was something more there. 
There's something more in that relationship. And I'm telling you this morning, if you think your relationship with Jesus Christ is for you to simply scrape by, for you to simply take that which is on the floor and the leftovers, I'm telling you, you need to have a, a lesson taught in intimacy. He has so much more for you. I want to show you what God showed me because that's what really... So anyways, it says right here, it says in verse 2, And now, and now is not Boaz of our kindred, uh, with whose maidens thou wast, behold... He winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. We'll find out in a second that at the night he's, he's working or whatever, how winnowing works. I didn't get to look it up, but I'm guessing he's working the barley. He's doing everything. The same very barley in which she was hungry for, that she was gleaning. And I'm telling you right now, Boaz was making his bed in the very supplement that she was looking for. In that culture, they would work, and because they didn't have houses like they have, they would make their bed to rest right there where they worked, and they would sleep there all night. Boaz's bed was the very thing that she was satisfied with. The very thing she was, that was his bed. He has so much for us, folks. He has so much for us. He says, listen, you don't have to glean the corners. You don't have to get the leftovers. You don't have to scrape by. My bed is made of the very thing that you need this morning. So then he says, she says this, Naomi says this to Ruth in verse three, wash thyself thereof, therefore, and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee and get thee down to the floor, but make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. I've heard this instruction before as I was, as God was bringing this up, this you know, this washing and this anointing, and this covering, I'm going, God, that's somewhere. I, I know that's somewhere. I've read that before. And if you turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 16, keep your place and we'll be right back. But Ezekiel chapter 16, God speaks through the prophet about how he sees Israel and how he wants him as a bride, how he wants the nation of Israel as a bride. That literally, that's this intimate relationship, this covenant to set apart from everything else. And look what he says right here, Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 8 through 10. Now when I passed by thee, I looked upon thee. This is an image of Boaz and Ruth. When I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was the time of love. And I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yeah, I swear unto thee, and I entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. Folks, that's that's such intimacy right there. And then look, and then I washed thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. I clothed thee also with broidered work, and shod thee with badger skin, and I girded thee about with fine linen, and I covered thee with silk. And I said, God, oh my gosh, it isn't it. That's not where, that's not where I thought you were leading me. It's somewhere else. Where else is it? And sure enough, it's in Matthew chapter six, right where we're talking about entering into the closet. He's talking about this, that the Pharisees had, which was all external. And he says, but I'm looking for a people that will do something in secret, that they don't care about man's opinion. They don't care about this superficial jargon on the outside. They are looking for an intimate relationship with me. And in Matthew chapter 16, verses 17 and 19, it says this, but thou, when thou hast fasted, one of the most intimate things we can do, it says, anoint thine head <laughs> and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Yeah. Naomi says the very things 
to, to wash yourself, to anoint yourself, to get yourself ready. Wait a minute. He's, he's in the threshing floor. He's, he's, he's working with barley and, and it's going to be nighttime. And yet you're asking me to, to get ready as if I'm, I'm going to be married. You're asking me to, to do all these things, which is a symbol of marriage and a symbol of intimacy. But Naomi knew that which was about to happen. So we go back to Ruth chapter three and verse four. It says this. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Isaiah chapter 43, 45 says this, and I will give thee treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. Naomi says when he lies down and it'll be dark. Go in there, mark the place so you'll know where he's at. Uncover his feet and lay there and then he'll do the rest. But Isaiah says that in hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name and the God of Israel. So back in Ruth 3, verse 5, and she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. And she went down to the floor. And did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drinking, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. <laughs> the very stuff that she was doing. To lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread, therefore, the skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be the Lord of our the God. Uh, the Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast shewed more kindness in the latter than in the beginning. And I'm telling you, folks, how come is that we show more favor for God the minute we're saved than after we've been saved for years? We were intimate the moment we hit the altar. And what happened is we started having this relationship simply be what everything else was on the outside. When God said it was the only time I had with you was when you and me were right here alone and you laid it all down and you gave it all to me and that's where it became intimate and he says to Ruth he says my goodness you're better to me now than you were then I want to be better to Jesus now than I was then because I'm telling you he's sweeter to me now than he's ever been before and man he started off on a high expectation but he's just gotten sweeter but he says who art thou I am Ruth thy handmaid spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid for thou art a near kinsman this was in this culture this method of, of removing the, the the covering of the feet and laying there. They said a servant or, or someone that would be a servant to the master. If the master was sleeping this way, it was protocol. It was, it was actually, it was appropriate in that time to uncover the feet. And you could lay this way, uh, resting your head on the feet of the master. And whatever covering the master had, you could use that covering for yourself. So we see this very appropriate. Ruth walks in when and you're in the middle of the night. He wakes up and startles him. He says, who are you? I'm Ruth. I'm your handmaid. And, and surely he didn't say get out. He didn't say go away. He said, you can lay right here at my feet and my covering can cover you. 
I'm telling you folks, that is intimacy. That's what bedroom behavior looks like. Malachi 4 and 2 says something beautiful. And I want to show you right here. Malachi 4 and 2 says this. It's a it's prophetic about the Jesus coming. About Jesus Christ coming. And it says, but unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with, look at this, healing in his wings. Healing in his wings. The word wings there is the word kanaf. We see the same very word, kanaf, in the Hebrew is in when Ruth says in verse 9. I'll read it to you. We just read it. Who art thou? She answered. I am Ruth, thy handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt. Kanaf. The very, the very wings, the very covering. You know, they say the root word for that is the same, the same word as when the woman with the issue of blood touched the what? The hem of his Kanaf, the hem of his garment, and out of it came virtue. And I'm telling you, when we get this thing serious, when it begins, this is what I'm trying to tell you this morning. You know, we're going to have to get under the covers for this thing to become intimate. And we're going to have to let this thing become intimate for us to get under the covers. People are hurting. People are starving spiritually. And they have nothing and genuine intimacy because they've manufactured this thing on the outside. When God says, I promise you, do it in private and see what happens. I want to get to that. God's been dealing with me. Because I'm going, man, I need to look the part. I need to look the place. I need to be at the right time, say the right words. And God says, I don't care about any of that. If you're not doing in private, I will not reward publicly. Yeah. And lately I've been praying before I go to bed. I've been waking up this morning. I woke up and couldn't sleep. And God, you know, and I already had the message of what God was wanting me to preach. And God said, you're going to have to eat it. You're going to have to get up. Spend some time with me. If you want the service to be what it should be in the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to take some time behind closed doors with God. That's what he's looking for. Your best work, I'm telling you right now, your best work, the pride of your relationship is not here in the sanctuary. I know you might think it is. And you might think my best work is behind the pulpit. I'm telling you, you people say, man, you and Megan look happy. Our best work is not done when we're out with people. Our best done is after the kids go to bed and we can spend some time and we can cry with one another and we can laugh with one another and we're not in a hurry to be somewhere with one another. That's what intimacy looks like. And God says your best work is when no one's looking. Your best look work is in the middle of the night and you uncover my feet and you lay there and you rest. On the bed of that which I'm going to provide you. Ruth started in chapter 2 of simply gleaning the corners. And end up literally laying at the feet of a bed of corn. That's what God wants for us this morning. I want you to turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to ask Lindsay and Zoe and Caitlin if you want to come back up. Cole, you come on up. Get ready. Start praying about an invitation. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it, it makes so much more sense to me as God's been dealing this message with me. But Paul says in another place, actually 1 Corinthians 14 and 19, he says, Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words in my understanding. Five words in my understanding. That be my voice, I might teach others also, than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. He says, man, when it comes to the intimate relationship, if God's really moving in the church, I won't 
have to say a thing. I was sitting in that pew on the front row right there, and I said, God, I want people to come to the altar before I open my mouth. How can that be possible, preacher? You ain't even preached. You ain't given invitation. They've not even sang yet, because what I've done in private, God's going to reward publicly. And if that's where my heart's at, Paul says, when I'm in church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others than a 10,000 with an unknown tongue. If it's not based in the love of your intimacy with Christ, it doesn't matter. And that's exactly what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. Charity for men? No. First off, charity with Christ. Intimacy, love with Christ. If you're not doing the work in the background, in the bedroom, it's never going to happen out there. You can speak a thousand tongues, but if it's not in charity, God's not going to notice it. He's not going to take notice. And he says, and have not charity, I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, have no intimacy, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. The reality. It's not easy. But the fact of the matter is, that's what God's saying this morning. He said it to me already, and I already had to eat it. And I want to do better. He said, you, Brad, you've got, it. you've got everyone else fooled. It looks real good on the outside. But I want some time private. I want to start this thing right. I'm looking for genuine intimacy. And so here's the thing about intimacy. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Because you're really not looking for anyone else's attention. <laughs> I'm looking for Christ, and that's it. And this morning, can I tell you, as they get a song, if God's dealing with your heart, and you want to do better, and you want to grow closer to Him, I'm telling you, you're going to have to do some things in private. Which means, <laughs> I hate to break it to you, you might have to come to the altar. And I don't care if no one else comes or everybody comes. The fact of the matter is he's looking for someone that will simply lay it down and say, hey, if I'm there, that's all that matters. I'm looking for genuine intimacy. Whatever your need is this morning, look at Ruth's need. Literally, taking the straps. Naomi says, go. When he's laid down in the middle of the night and uncover his feet and lay there. And maybe, just maybe, you can take a couple handfuls and feed yourself as you lay with the masters. I'm just reading into it, but that's what old Gospel of Brad would do. If, if I was hungry, I'd lay at the feet of Jesus and say, you know what? I'm just going to rest here in all this intimacy. No one else was around, but I'm telling you, Jesus was there. And I'm telling you this morning, what you do in private, he will reward publicly. If you have a need this morning and you're trying to have it fixed any other way, I'm telling you, all it takes is a little time alone in closed doors in your prayer closet with Jesus. As we stand, stand up this morning as they get a song. This altar is open. Listen, right now, God wants to do a work in the work of intimacy. Not superficial fellowship. I'm talking about stuff that happens only in the bedroom or the closet of your prayer life.